Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Awesome Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Adol Wilgelander. This is a place where we come together and talk about parenting issues. Let's just say I'm super passionate about parenting and want so badly to do a good job at it. I'm blessed with a very insightful mother who is a parenting expert. She's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore over the last 15 years, Mrs. Gitty Horowitz. We get together each week and hash out something that's on my mind or a conversation I've had with a friend or something that one of our listeners brought up. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if there's someone that you know that you think would enjoy it, please send it their way. Let's do this together. This podcast is sponsored by the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Check them out at intentionaljew.com. On to our topic for today. I want to bring up a topic today that's actually a question um, that was brought up by one of our listeners. And it's a topic that um, it's pretty relevant to all of us. And the broader topic is definitely on our minds all the time with regard to our kids' safety. So the question is like this. Um, it's about using specific names of anatomical parts with our kids. So her question is like this. I've heard that it's important to use the correct anatomical parts with our kids. I'm concerned, however, that they will add them to their list of bathroom words that they use in a silly way and repeat them. It will sound pretty vulgar. I also want to know why it matters so much as long as we all know what we're referring to. So I would just say, let's start, let's start there. Is it important to use specific words and to teach our children every part of their body at a young age and why? Okay. Um, so in an answer, the answer is yes. Um, you should, any uh, professional I think that you'll speak to will tell you that it's extremely important for children to know the technical names of their body parts. And, um, and that doesn't, I, I don't think you have to have any fear or, you know, worry that children are going to run around the house screaming, uh, vagina, vagina, vagina. I, I don't think that's going to happen. They won't go run around screaming arm, 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 arm. Um, I, I, I think that they are, um, egged on by other kids. They, they, they hear bathroom words and they, and, and then they get over that as well. But, um, th this is something that, you know, we just tell them nonchalantly, this is an arm and this is a penis and this is an eye and this is a throat. It's just, it's just part of their body. And if, if they do say that, you know, you could tell them it's a private part. And that's how one of the things we tell them, you know, before you go to the doctor, you tell them that the doctor's going to look at their private parts and he's going to ask permission to touch it. And that's important because when someone who, you know, someone other than you, um, has to have permission to touch their private parts, something that we don't touch in public. And when someone else has to touch it, like a doctor, they have to ask permission. No, one's, no one is allowed to touch you on those parts without first asking permission. And he also won't do it without someone else in the room. And this is a perfect segue into if anyone does do that, no matter who it is, no matter how special that person is, is, they're not allowed to do that. Anyone has to ask you first and they should not do it when you're alone in the room with them. Okay, wait, so we're uh, jumping to, we're jumping already to safety. Could we just um, back, back up for a second? Why is it so important to use the proper terms as opposed to using either made up or more vague, like, you know, Front tushy, back tushy. Well, it's not a tushy in the front. It's it's a, there's a tushy and then there's a vagina or there's a penis. There's no front tushy. Okay, so that's why we don't say it. it, it a child ha has to know um, what his anatomical parts are 
because he has to be able to interface with the doctor. He has to be able to tell someone in case, God forbid, there is, um, there's a reason to have to tell someone, then he should know what it is. The other thing is, is that we send a, a sub, maybe a, a subliminal message. We send a message to a child and we don't name a body part that there's something that is secretive or there's something that is embarrassing or it's something that's wrong with that body part. We're sending that message very clearly. And that's wrong. There's nothing wrong. Hashem doesn't make mistakes. Hashem doesn't create things that aren't beautiful. Everything that Hashem creates in the world has purpose and has, and, and is a beautiful thing, especially the human body. The human body is perfect. The human body is beautiful. There's no part of the human body that we have to be embarrassed of. It's private. There are parts of the human body that are private and therefore we cover them and we don't, we, we have, we have to, when the right time, invite someone to share that body part, but that's not embarrassing. That's not secretive. That's private. So the message we want to send them is your body is beautiful. So when we tell kids, don't run around the house, that's disgusting. We're sending the message to them that there's something disgusting about their body or that's gross or that's, I don't know, fill in the blank how, how people say it. That's terrible. It's not terrible. It's not, it's not dignified. It's not what we do. We cover private parts and we don't get upset about it. We just tell them when you're finished with your shower, please put on your robe. It's a nice way to walk around the house. You're a big girl now, you're a dignified young lady. Young ladies wear robes. We don't run it, walk around the house like that. That's all. In a very calm, caring voice. You have a beautiful body. So you're saying besides for the technical aspect of being able to um, discuss their experiences either with a doctor or with anyone else, they should be able to refer to their body parts correctly. That's one thing. But you're saying when you shy away from using proper terms, the message that you're, you, you, you might give is there's something to be embarrassed or there's something to be ashamed of. Or this is not something we want to talk about. Something embarrassing. Something that we, you know, that we don't, that, that we don't, that we're embarrassed to talk about, that we're embarrassed to say. This sounds a bit sophisticated, though. I, I've heard people say that with young children, you use the proper terms. To me, it's, it all across the board, we use more general terms. Is, we're, ta- we're, not, we're not talking like three, four, five-year-olds. We're talking eight, nine, ten-year-olds. I don't know why we're not talking about three, four, five-year-olds. Well, you, you that's three, four, five is when you have to, when your you head to. is your head, it doesn't matter if it's like the frontal cortex or like, we don't get so nitty gritty with, with little kids. I don't even, is the subliminal messages there at such a young age? Cause those, I mean, the, the, the listener who was asking this question, she, one of her concerns was the, the silliness, you know, that's the age that they're going to run around being all silly about it. We're not teaching them. Okay. Let's sit down. I'm going to teach you your body parts. It's when you need to refer to a body part that you refer to it appropriately. So if you don't have to refer to it to a three-year-old, don't refer to it. But my, my, my suggestion is that when you need to refer to it, you refer to it correctly. From the beginning. From the beginning. There's nothing to be nervous about. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be worried about. There's nothing to be ashamed about. I think we, we give over too many messages to our children about the human body that's shameful. There's a lot of connection with the human body with shame and with discomfort. And that will eventually translate into the discomfort of having a conversation about sexuality in general. Now, sexuality is something that is private and something, not something we talk about in public to the, ex- to the extent that we don't have to, we don't do that. Unfortunately, we are living in, in, a, in a day and age where it, ha- it has to be spoken about and there is more public conversation about it because of different situations that we have found ourselves in. 
So yes, we, we don't go around talking about it. We don't talk in public about it. And we're talking about ta- teaching our children one-on-one, one-on-two, you know, using the terminology in the house that is appropriate. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's say a mother, let's say a mother is not comfortable with this. So I would suggest to her that she try to figure out why she's uncomfortable with it. What, what is the discomfort? Where is it coming from? And then she should speak to someone who she's comfortable with, who she respects, try to figure out, you know, how can she do this in a way that will communicate to her children a healthy sense of body image, a healthy sense of self, and a healthy intro to sexuality. She needs to talk to someone if she's not comfortable. I think a lot of people are not comfortable. Question is, why not? What's what's the reason discomfort? In answering the why not, is there any reason where where a, a mother would be uncomfortable and would be coming from a positive place of of pure like a purity of speech? There is such a thing called lush and nucky. There there is such a thing called lush and nucky. Um, I, I I again I don't I, I think that um, we are being told nowadays by mental health professionals that this is something that is important. Mm-hmm. Again, we have to stress that it's private. We have to stress that it's not something that we talk about with our friends and, and it, it's, you know, it, it's private and that's why we cover it, et cetera. And we did get into that other conversation, but, um, but it is important that they, that we don't give over this feeling of shamefulness, this feeling of embarrassment. I think that's where the, the, the difficulty comes in. I think it used to be that we were able to give over things in a, in a more comfortable way with Lashenaki. I, I don't think that's what's going on anymore. I think to a large degree what's going on is we're giving over um, the wrong terminology in a very shame, in a way that, that, that communicates shame. That's very interesting. And the way, the way you, you were describing before, the way that's going to come out is that when we react to, to um, our kids being undressed with, like um, um, negative negative response as opposed to focusing on being dignified in private. We're saying it's disgusting or that's it's embarrassing terrible. or right. that's terrible. We're using terminology that equates the human body with something to be ashamed of. So we have to put words in our vocabulary like private, dignified, exactly. respectful, right? even beautiful, but, you know. Beautiful. The human body is beautiful, isn't it? Right very few things as beautiful as human body. It's interesting. A lot, a lot of what you're saying is, 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 it's a little bit news to me, but it's also, um, I put, I always put anatomical parts in the same category as, as answering life's questions, you know, like where do babies come from? So the, my approach always for younger kids was never to say something that's not true, but just to choose the right amount to give true information and as vague as I would deem age appropriate. Okay, so I, I appreciate what you're saying that you don't want to tell anything that's not true, but I question whether um, calling something by an incorrect name is true. What's an example? Um, it's not exact example, but like when I'm nursing, so I need to name my body part, but I, I don't want it to be like a, I, I don't want it to be like, I, I maybe, yeah, I nurse, I nurse very, you know, open with the kids around. So I have nurses. That, that's their function in that, in that way, but you're saying that's not... Why is it better for a child to say, where's your nursey, as opposed to where's your breast? I, I don't know. I just don't. I, because it's private, well, maybe because it's private, I should be more private about it. 
maybe for just technical reasons, it's hard to be so private about nursing when you're taking care of a bunch of kids. It does just doesn't seem private to me to talk about breasts so openly. I think that, that what we should tell them is, yes, mommy's nursing, but we it's, it's a private thing that mommy's doing covered and we're not talking about it. But that to me maybe would be more uh, suggesting that it's something to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of. It's private. Mommy's covered. Okay, so then maybe that's that's where you need to go. Right. I, you know, right. I, that that is that is something that we do want to make sure that they understand that it's not a shameful, it's not shameful, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's not embarrassing. It's private. We cover it. We keep it covered. Mm-hmm. And even when we have to nurse a baby, we keep it covered. That's why we have a nursing cover, even right. in front of our children right. who are getting older and are more aware. Right. It's interesting because the expo- that kind of exposure I never had trouble with. Like this is not. I'm not shy. I'm not embarrassed. This is great. Like, I, I always thought that was like a good message, but I guess it has to be consistent all the way through. I think, I think it does. I think that consistency is very important. So we established how important it is to use the right terms um, and that it's very beneficial to help the kids develop a healthy sense of, bo- of their body. Um, I'm wondering a little bit of a broader issue. I know right now the, um, the, a lot of mothers are very aware of um, the potential of sexual abuse for children, um, you know, their vulnerability and all the, you know, horrific stories that we've learned about. Um, what, what, how, how, would you, how would you encourage a mother to take action from here? Like, what would be helpful? In general, our children's, safeties, our children's safety is very much on our minds. Um, what are like, have you gotten concerns from parents in this area? What's some, what, what is some advice that you help, um, parents to help to protect their children? So first of all, it's important to understand we hear these, um, these big stories, these terrifying stories. Um, they're the, they're very, very much in the minority. 90% of sexual abuse happens from people that children know well in their families happens mostly in a child's house or people that come to their house, whether it's a, a father or a grandfather or an uncle or um, a cousin or a neighbor that's part of, you know, that's in and out of the house. It's usually most vast majority of the time, it's someone that the child knows well. So it's very, very important that we um, are aware where our children are who they're with, and that they understand that they should never, ever be alone with um, with someone that makes them feel uncomfortable. So whereas we wouldn't usually not say that a child shouldn't be alone with a family member, but the truth of the matter is um, most family members are, you know, extended family members are also a problem if you could, and they should understand that they should not be alone with them. And especially if someone makes you feel uncomfortable, or asks you to do something, we have to make sure they know that you say no very strongly and you come right away to mommy and you tell her what's, you know, tell me what's going on. Um, so you say no, you go right away to the adult and you you tell me. There's nothing that you can't tell me. You can tell me anything. So if anyone makes you feel uncomfortable in any way, you come and tell mommy and you private parts of the body are your private areas and no one is allowed to touch them. No one, even people that that are related to you, even people in school that you, you know, that you're told are, are very important people. They're not allowed to touch you. And this has to be told to, pe- to children clearly. There are very good books out there. 
um, on safety and they should be read at least once a year, um, probably twice. And between, and before things like a sleepover or camp, um, I'm not a big fan of, as you know, of sleepovers. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's anything positive that comes out of them. Most of the time, I think that there's, you can form friendships without having sleepovers, strong friendships. Um, now sleepover camp, um, sleepaway camp is, um, it has a lot of positive things that come out of it. And I would not say because of the possibility of abuse that the kids shouldn't be sent, but they have to be sent with education beforehand. They have to be educated beforehand, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. And I'll just stick in here, unfortunately, that we don't only have to let them know that it's a man that could do it. It could be a woman as well. So it's any any person that makes them feel uncomfortable or asks them to do something that, that um, crosses the line of their, of their private, of their body, and their, 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 their privacy. No one has a right to do that ever. Like we said, unless it's a doctor, unless they're asking, unless there's someone else in the room, they have to give permission. Great. Um, okay. So I guess one last question is, um, I guess to delve one step further. Um, sometimes I, I reflect on this and I think just in hearing stories and accounts, there's the rule, there's the rule, which, you know, we can teach the kids. If someone does something that makes you feel uncomfortable, you need to come tell me. And then there's the, in the story, what character trait could help the kids to be in touch with that and to come to, to actually do it? Because you, you can hear, I've heard once or t in the, in the amount that I've, that I've learned, I've heard once or twice that someone said, I knew that this was wrong but I couldn't tell someone because I couldn't do it because is there any, any underlying character trait that we can help to develop, um, to give the extra strength? Well, one very important thing as we've been saying is shame. Okay. Shame is something that stops children from telling because they feel shamed and the person will, will tell them that, that they're, you know, they're, they're not, they're not good. They're not, um, uh, they're not believable. So your child has to know that she is believable. He is believable. Um, and he, you can tell them, you can tell me anything at any time about anyone. So I'm not going to believe, I'm not going to believe, um, a Rebbe or a, an uncle more than I believe you. Mm -hmm. Okay. I believe you. And then this, this, this feeling of, 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 of self-respect. I think that's where most things come down to. I respect myself. I respect my body. No one has any right to touch my body. That comes down to self-respect. So um, we respect them. We respect their, their, their bodies. We teach them to respect themselves. I think that is the most important um, lesson that we can impart to them and help them to appreciate themselves and have a good um, body image and a good stolz that no one can touch me. No one has a right to do that, no matter who it is. I, I just want to add in, I want to, I do want to add in one more thing before we, before we sign off. And that is like this, we live in a world, and, and I think this has a lot to do with it. We live in a world where nothing's private, where everything is, 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 you know, displayed for everyone to see. And the idea of, of, of human dignity has been almost erased. And so we are pulling back in the other direction tremendously. 
we pull back because that's so wrong. Human dignity is extremely important. Privacy is extremely important. A person's body is not for all to share. So we pull back, and, and that's the right thing to do. I, I, I'm not arguing with that at all. We do have to pull back against societal disregard of human dignity and privacy. But sometimes I think we go to an extreme that's unhealthy. We pull back so much that we send the message to our children that there's something wrong with this, there's something dirty, there's something shameful. We don't want to pull in the wrong direction in the, to, to, to an extreme. And, and, and that's, that's what we have. We have to walk that fine line of being honest and open with our children. There's no one more private that I know of than Bubby. And she was always incredibly open about terminology, about parts of the body, about sexuality. There was nothing ever that she wouldn't discuss. If you asked about it, she talked about it and she didn't wait necessarily to be asked. But even when a young child would ask, one of her younger kids would ask, she, she never hesitated. Very, very open. She's a very private person and very Zanua, extremely dignified. But this is something that, you know, we always knew we could talk to her about at any time. So I, I think that's the challenge of our, of, of 2022 challenge of appreciating privacy, appreciating dignity, appreciating that it's, it's, you know, the, the dignity of the human being and not, and, um, but not, um, um, airing on, on, uh, communicating to our children that this is something to be ashamed of or something that is secretive. And that's, to me, that's a very big difference, private versus secret. It's not secret. It's not shameful. It's not embarrassing. It is beautiful. It is dignified. It is um, private, and and private, and 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 it's a, it's it's private between us. It's private that we talk about in in you know just the two of us. And I'm your mother, and that's my job to talk to you about things that are private, and we don't have to share it with anyone else. And if someone tries to share it with you, you tell them that it's private between her and her mother, she and her mother, or he and his father. You know, that's something that I'm sure your mother wants to talk to you about. Give them the give them the words to use to tell their friends that that's not something they want to talk about with them, mm -hmm. and we didn't we didn't discuss this this time either. But also to use not pictures but to use drawings. There's some excellent excellent books. I'm sure you remember the one we used in our house called The Human Body. That oh, had excellent, definitely. <laughs> excellent drawings. We they also had just, a cassette, a video cassette. Maybe that was just of childbirth. I think that was just childbirth, but <laughs> definitely yeah. stands out in my memory. Yeah, but this um, the human body. I do know. I, I, human body was an excellent book, and it it no pictures, but a lot of a lot of drawings to be able to to reference when you have these excuse me conversations with your children. Mm -hmm. Good idea. There are a lot of good books out there. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you, Emma. That is very helpful. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining our discussion today. We hope you found it meaningful. If you have any specific questions or general topics you'd like us to discuss, send them our way, awesomemomparenting at gmail.com. Your thoughts and feedback are so helpful to all of us.